ইনভেস্টমেন্ট And the other one would really be the hospitality uh, part of it. Now, in the investment management bit of things, um, we manage the REIT, um, which is the Escape Residence Trust. We have private equity funds um, that we manage um, for third parties. And, you know, this is part of the overall capital land investment um, limited's uh, mandate in fund management, in earning, you know, fund management fees and growing AUM. Um, under our business. The second part of the business really got to do with hospitality. And I think a lot of listeners on the line would be familiar with our brands like the Escort, Somerset, Citadins, Live, which is the latest co-living uh, brand. Life. So in a in similar way, the, the brand and operating part of the hospitality business also earn fees for us. Each time we put uh, our brands on the building, You know, we, we offer our services to owners uh, to manage uh, their building for a fee, which would then contribute to the overall fee income of the company. Right. Now, when you talk hospitality, you know, we're thinking, um, you know, fancy hotels, business class service apartments, celebrities and all of that. But behind all this glamour, there's a lot of hard work. What's your take on that? Absolutely. Um, if you look under the hood, um, there's a lot of things happening, uh, you know, in the hospitality business. Um, if I take you back all the way to the beginning, you know, we, we almost have to start sourcing for land. We have to design the building, configure, you know, what kind of room types we want, do a thorough market study, think about the brand that would be suitable for the location and the building. Um, and, you know, it takes it takes time to build the, the building, anything from 18 24, some even 36 months for more iconic buildings. Wow. Um, but that's just one part of it, right? That's just the hardware. And then you have to talk, you have to think about the delivery, which is the experience that you get when you stay with us at our properties. And there's a whole lot to it. What kind of experience do we deliver to customers that come in, come into our property? What kind of technology do we employ? What kind of personality in terms of the staff that we want to put at the property? And all these adds up. you know, to the overall experience um, that our customer gets when they stay with us. Right. Now, now you speak about customers, the experience, um, the market, technology, etc. I, we also, all of us know that competition in this industry is massive, right? Across the globe. How do you, um, you know, as a group, as called group, how is it that you manage to keep up and stay on top? 
yeah, competition is indeed very, very keen. Um, we have to keep on our toes. Um, we explore all possibilities when it comes to pushing the envelope. Uh, for instance, I mean, we spend quite a bit of time and money on technology. Um, we have basically moved most of our systems up to the cloud. It makes it very scalable, um, very deployable. Um, we operate in 100 over cities across the world. Um, it gives us that added advantage to be able to deploy fast and go to market fast. Um, we do our own applications, our own apps um, on App Store can basically allow our guests to book a room right. and walk into his room if he wished to without talking to anyone, right? I mean, someone once told me you could buy a ticket, uh, a plane ticket online and you can walk up to the airplane without talking to anyone. Why can't you do it in the hospitality industry? And actually, we have made that possible with our suite of applications and you know the app that we have developed. You're listening to Capital Land Cafe in conversation with Kevin Go. Now I want to ask you this. Now you handle um, Ascot at a global level, right? And um, we've got properties across the globe. So you see that there is there are differences in the industry in the east and the west. Could you draw a quick comparison map for us? Um, yes, actually. Hospitality, a lot of the hospitality brands develop first in the West. Um, so, you know, the, the famous brands that you see um, started more in the West. And it is a very different um, expectation that customers have in the West versus customers in the East. And, you know, the age of the properties are relatively different as well. In, in Asia, we do get a lot of new builds. Um, in Europe or in the US, uh, many of the hotels have been around for many years. Um, in terms of customer expectation, I think in the West, it's a little bit more self-service. Um, people do not expect, um, you know, a porter at every turn of the corner or they are more tolerant towards um, certain requests. So, for instance, if I would stay um, in a property in Europe um, and, you know, maybe the, the bug blown or I need to replace something, um, Customers can generally say they wait till the morning before they get it replaced. But in the East, I think the standards and the expectation of customers is a lot higher. And, you know, if I have something that's spoiled or I need service, I want to see it now, I want to see it immediately. Oh, wow. That's that's new. I always thought that in the West, it's much more higher than the East. Yeah, it's, it's not... Okay, I shouldn't say high or low, uh, but I just say that it's different. And the expectations and the cultural context is actually quite different you know, in different countries, even within the East, different countries also have many different cultural contexts. Oh, what would you say is your favorite Ascot property? Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, we've been developing many new uh, properties uh, in Asia. Uh, I would say one of my big favorites is the one in Japan, in Maranuchi. Um, it's actually just next to the Japanese Imperial Palace. And, wow. you know, often if I have some time when I'm there, I would take a morning jog around the palace. I'll take an evening jog around the palace. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's a uh, it's a very very nice property. Do you stay for free? Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> if if I'm there for work, uh, yes, it's part of the work trip. If not, you know, uh, when I bring my family, we we have to pay whatever that uh, the property charges. <laughs> All right, um, Kevin, tell us. Uh, there are a lot of people who would like to join the lodging industry. What would you suggest? Uh, to them to be prepared for. We should come into the industry with an open mind. Um, it's a fairly traditional industry, uh, but a lot of innovations, a lot of 
new thinking is happening around in different parts of the industry. Uh, technology is a big driver. Um, a lot of our hospitality players are now thinking AI, thinking data. Um, they're thinking um, the distribution channels. And, you know, I, I see the new generation of um, hospitality um, players coming in with fantastic ideas. So, you know, you, you don't really have to study hospitality to work in hos- hospitality. You could be, you know, from the media industry, from the tech industry, from actually any industry, because whatever industry that you come from, as long as you keep an open mind um, and you can think uh, broadly about how to add value to the industry as a whole, Right. I think, you know, there's a place for you. Super. That's good to know. On a personal front. Now, you were in National Junior College in Singapore. You joined the Singapore military after that. A little bit of a gap, a financial course in between. And then um, asset management, now lodging and ascot. How did you go about making these decisions? Um, to be very honest, I did not plan it. Um, I kind of, you know, take it as it comes and evaluate your options at every juncture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, life is unpredictable. You can plan as much as you want, but sometimes it just doesn't happen the way you want it. It's best to, you know, scan the landscape that you're in now, plan a few steps ahead, but always, you know, thinking in the general direction that you want to head and make sure you're heading in the right direction. Right. The next time I have a HR interview and I'm being asked, where do you see yourself in the next five years? I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Now, there's something extremely interesting and I find it very, very uh, cute here. After the your stint at the Singapore military, you took a little bit of a gap and you joined the financial course because your wife was doing that course and you thought, hey, you know what? Let me do this with her. I'll get to spend some time with her. But then that took you to consulting and it kind of shaped your career. Can we, can we talk about the things we do for love a little bit here? Yeah, it wasn't really a gap year. I mean, I completed my national service. I was in university. I was studying engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, that time wasn't my wife yet. She was still my girlfriend. She was taking, a, you know, I think it was a tra- chartered financial analyst course. She was very busy studying, and you know, I wanted to spend more time with her. So I said, you know, why don't I take it as well? So I signed up for the course, and we spent many hours uh, studying together. So that's <laughs> that's one little trick that I I pulled. Uh, but I think overall, it served me well because you know the the things that I learned in the course actually helped me uh, quite a bit in my future career. So, you know, with an engineering background, fairly technical, the, the financial course actually added, um, you know, additional capabilities that I could go to market with. And right. I think that, that helped me in future years as I, you know, gone on to take on different roles. Right. So this is what the new generation today should be hearing. Get off Tinder and get off Bumble and all of this and, and you know, join the course that your girlfriend or your boyfriend is doing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, can't go wrong with that if you... If you Love what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Um, Kevin, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, China. You spent quite a lot of your time there. Um, your youngest was also born there. And uh, eventually you did set up home. You managed business. You moved your kids, exposed yourself to a new culture, language, your family, all of that. Now, how was that for you? Well, to be honest, I think it was uh, quite difficult and challenging in the beginning. Um, but I think things worked out quite well initially like you said you know when I landed in China it was the first time I've been into China that was when I was probably around 32 33 years of age Um, you know things were very unfamiliar Um, the culture the language everything was in Chinese 
um, you know, one of those things that I, I kind of realized that I benefited from in, in, in choosing my secondary school was that I actually studied four years in a school whereby Chinese was my first language. Right. And this really, probably the only four years where I spoke Chinese every day. Uh, but as we go along, I spent about 10 years there. Things settled down, it got easier. Uh, I went around, took on different roles. Um, yeah, and you know, it, it was, uh, it, it went on well to the point whereby, you know, I went there with two kids and I came back with three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cute story, actually. Uh, going with two kids and coming back with three. I like the way you say that. You're listening to Capital Land Cafe in conversation with Kevin Go. On to my next question. I had asked this even to the CEO um, for Capital Land Business Parks India, and he spoke about this uh, beautiful correlation between sports and leadership and how discipline plays a key role. I'm going to ask you the same thing because you're a runner and you were also a part of the cross-country football team. Do you think they're actually connected? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of parallels between sports and, um, you know, business. Um, you know, in a team, if you start from yourself, you have to keep the personal discipline to keep fit, right? I mean, you haven't seen a sportsman that's uh, that sports a beer belly and is unfit and, you know, yeah. cannot, cannot perform. So, like in any team, everybody has to stay sharp, um, have to be, uh, you know, the best of themselves. And that's really just the basic. That's, that's probably the hygiene factor. And when you go into a competition in a sports, you, want, you really want to play to win, right? If not, what's the point? And winning is, is not just about your personal uh, best, but it's also about strategy, about tactics, about who you're playing with, about knowing your competition. Um, so there, there, are, there are a lot, a lot of uh, parallels between sports and business. And I cannot agree more uh, that you need a good team uh, you need to have a good strategy. You need to have good tactics to deal with issues as you go along. Um, so yeah, I I I think that's you 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 can't get any better with with um, analogy of, of of that nature. Right. Um, okay, I'm going to move on to our next uh, part, which is basically the fun contest round that we have. And I've got something very interesting lined up for you. Now, you told me recently that you watched Demon Slayer with your kids to spend time yes, with Yes, I did. Okay, well, I'm not really going to ask you questions about uh, the Demon Slayer because honestly, I don't, I don't really know much about it. But what we're going to do is um, focus more on things teenagers say. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give you a word. You need to tell me the full form and then we put it in a sentence. We did the same thing with Manu as well recently and that was uh, a lot of fun. And we're going to try that with you and let's see if you actually know these terms considering the fact that you have two teenagers and one is about to become a teenager, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Uh, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. All right, I haven't got too many words, but we'll, we'll, we'll just start with the easy one. Okay, the first one, B. What does it stand for? B-A-B-E, you mean? B-A-E. Um, B is, I would guess, a uh, word for best friend. Oh, so cute. It actually means before anyone else. Ah, okay. And so, I suppose I get the essence right from that, from that perspective? 
Yes, you got the essence of it right. But now I want you to put that in a sentence. Well, also they mostly use it when they are talking about their boyfriends and girlfriends. That's my bay, like that. So I need you to put it in a sentence, okay? Well, I can imagine my son or daughter telling me, "By that, I'm gonna see my bay." <laughs> Smartly put. All right. P O S. P O S. Um, I'm sorry. I have to say that I I have no idea what this means. Uh, well, POS in our times, I mean, if you want to look as a boomer, is a point of sales. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, this one is a little uh, different than that for sure. It's parents over shoulders. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's something to warn your your friends about when they text you and say that parents are watching. Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to ask you to put that in a sentence. I'll be nice. Okay. CD nine. CD nine. Yeah, nine. I, I mean, I found this a bit strange, but apparently it's being used. The number nine. Yeah, the number nine. I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> Can't talk. My parents are here. Oh, but why? Why nine? I have no idea. <laughs> it may, it could be that nine looks a bit like you know um, a person peering over. The child. I think CD could stand for child, and then you have a nine looking over the the child. Maybe I, I, that's that's a good way of putting it. But I'm I don't know why they would do put nine. But it's it's innovative. Like if if I was actually looking into my kid's phone and he put he wrote CD nine, I think he's talking about some artist. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. All right, uh, the next one's easy. Gucci. Like the brand. Yeah, the brand, but it's it's being used as a term. Oh, okay. I think I need to spend more time with my kids. I I have no idea what what it means other than the bag that you know ladies carry. <laughs> well, it means cool. It means you know that's that's hey you you just attended that thing. Okay, that's Gucci. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right, but I don't know why I'm doing your work. I'm putting everything in sentences for you. You're supposed to do that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one. All right. Slay. S L A. Why? Slay. Um. Sorry, I don't know. I mean, other than slaying, you know, in Demon Slayer, I I, I don't know what this slang means. <laughs> it means it means amazing. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, so so now you need to put it in a sentence. Um. Well, Huda, your your DJing skills, interviewing everybody, slays me. <laughs> Thank you. How's that? <laughs> it's good. It's good. All right. The next one, uh, flex. This one's quite direct. I mean, ah, in terms okay. of yeah. Flex means showing off. I mean, I've heard that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now sentence time. Well, stop flexing your, you know, Gucci in front of me. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Like complete mic drop on that. All right, Kevin. That's been a lot of fun. And um, before I let you go, what is your advice for our listeners? Well, if I would just say in one sentence, I think be authentic. Um, you know, like in any sports or games, um, play to your strength and be happy. Wonderful, Kevin. Go on the show. CEO Lodging, CEO Ascot Capital Land Investment. Signing out with him right away on Capital Land Cafe. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Huda. Capital and Cafe. Coffee. Capital and Cafe. Conversations. Capital and Cafe. And a whole lot of fun. Capital and Cafe.